and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyfin, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how's life on the other side of the planet? Uh, well, over here, it's very nice, Justin, very clement. Uh, it's We're recording as December begins, uh, and I was, well, I was in, in shorts and t-shirt, and it was warm, lovely. What about... I say, I, uh, Siri is contributing to the podcast. Thank you, Siri. Um, <laughs> that's that's Siri on the watch, and she says it that, was just the thought of you in shorts and a t-shirt. Was <laughs> she? She couldn't resist, Stu. You're you're an irresistible sight. <laughs> well, the the question I have for uh, Good morning, Mister Cook, um, is uh, she has come up with. I don't know what you mean by and I was. Now, she spelled all of that correctly. <laughs> Which of those words do you think is problematic to the artificial intelligent genius uh, embedded in all our Apple devices? And I or was. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Even, even better is, you know, they're trying to reduce the wake word from, hey, dingus, down to just dingus. So mm. that's going to go well, I can see. Well, it's going to be great fun. Um, like Siri, I was going to berate you anyway for shorts and a t-shirt, but, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll let Siri say that we are a little bit, we're, we're a balmy minus nine degrees at the moment, Stu. Oh, lovely. Uh, though tonight it will be down to a minus 19. <laughs> I'm looking outside at the fresh snow and going, you know what? I'm going to wait for it to warm up a little bit before I head out there and tackle that. I'm getting my exercise, but uh, it's it's not a fun way to do it. Well, I just for those that are, are listening in Fahrenheit, uh, that is bloody cold. That's the technical term for minus nineteen. <laughs> yes, it is. Ah, crazy stuff. Uh, I'm looking at. Uh, I got to go to the coast and drive over the mountains, and I keep looking at the weather, and it's snow and it's minus cold. <laughs> And I keep I keep putting this thing off. It'll be Christmas before I'm there at this rate. It's it's crazy. <laughs> well, you're better man than I. If it were I, it would be it would be spring. <laughs> I would have de declared declared the past closed. I will see you all in the spring. Good luck on Zoom if you need me. Uh, speaking of which, I was actually you know uh, hello, uh, Mr. Cook. Um, I was testing out my new functionality on the iPhone 14. Oh, right. uh, the reason that I bought it, uh, they did an update uh, probably two weeks ago now that you can um, track the satellite thing and set that up. And I actually did it. I did the test part anyway. I didn't actually send a message because, well, I wasn't dying at the time. But I am actually prepared if I get stuck on a mountain to call for help. So, yay, all that money I spent. Okay, well, uh, fantastic. I'm delighted that, well, you can you can be an emergent. No, um, should an emergency happen, I'm delighted that you'll be able to get help. That's better. Yes, that's kind of the way I look at it. All right, we're already off the rails. So uh, what do you got for follow-up this week, Stu? Oh, follow-up. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've got bits and pieces. Um, the planners, you know, the, the ones that I wasn't going to buy. Mm -hmm. Well, a funny thing happened, Justin. I, I was just looking at the Economist website and thinking, I don't need one of those double spiral, huge, big 
planners. I mean, I, I've had them before, never really used them completely. And, and they're just huge and they're, hu- they're just too big. That's the pro. Oh, they have a travel diary. What pray tell is this? And, and before I knew it, uh, one was in the basket and, and in fact purchased. So I have got a planner coming on. There is a, uh, a, a note, a link in the show notes. Um, it's a sort of scaled down version of the economist. So it's, uh, a week, week to view, so a week across two pages. Uh, so it will suit me for my my sort of weekly planning, time blocking type attempts. Um, oops, um, Chicago update: the young Chicago who more often than not goes by Chichi these days. Um, she's had a bath uh, to everybody's relief because she did hum a little bit. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, she's still very nervous of humans, so getting her to the vet was a bit of a trial. Um, and getting her bathed was even more of a child. In fact, they sort of came out and got me and said, okay, can you, can you sort of hold on to her? Um, because she was so scared of everything. Um, and she's marginally less scared of me than anyone else. So, uh, that's all quite hard work. Um, and obviously points to her having had a very tough time, but, um, he's, she'll be all right now. We'll look after her. Uh, and next week she's off to the vet again and she's not going to enjoy that at all because, <laughs> because she's being neutered. Um, but there you are. That's being, oh. that's being handled by, um, we are officially her foster parents now. So she's being, um, uh, chipped and looked after by a shelter for whom we are fostering. That's the theory. Um, once, once you've got a dog in your possession, no, no shelter here will take it off you. Really, you have to sort of abandon it for it to to come to come in because they just have no space. Bless them. Oh, that's yeah, it's tough to be in a culture like that. My, yeah. I have mentioned it on the podcast. My brother-in-law got a a dog in a similar situation from a shelter in Mexico last winter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and again, she had been a street dog that, uh, somebody had uh, taken in, looked after, rehomed. Uh, she's a wonderful dog, lots of energy, not particularly, uh, an older dog. So not particularly well-trained. Uh, I don't think she uh, pees all over the floor, but, uh, you know, she's uh, certainly a lot more excitable than Coco is, but, uh, she's, she's a lovely little one and she's learning English too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, we will, we'll do our best for her and I'm sure we'll, we'll get something sorted out in the end, but what about you? What's your follow-up? What have you been up to? All right. Well, I, I certainly, I looked at this economist diary that you bought lovely. It's about nine inches. Uh, so it's a, it's a good size. Uh, it will still take up all of your travel luggage if you do need to go to the UK. But then again, this from a guy that put a Mac Studio in his luggage. So <laughs> may, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, misspeaking there as I as I go. Uh, I picked up a new to me planner. Uh, I was in the in the local pharmacy the other day, and they have a little section of stationery, and you know it's a few Bic pens and uh, a Sharpie marker and stuff like that. But I still can't help but walk around that. And I got a little new to me planner. It's a 12 month, one day, a one day per page. Mm -hmm. I can say that correctly. Uh, It is by Paperblanks, which is a North American company. I believe they're headquartered in Vancouver. 
because I've met somebody that worked for them uh, in the design area. They're, of course, uh, Asian-made, and uh, you know, sometimes it's a it's a bit like uh, many other products. The paper is hit and miss um, with a fine nib that I use. It's fine. It's it's good, and these are absolutely lovely. The bindings on them are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, they look like proper old school books. Uh, the mm -hmm. one I've got is called a diamond rosette, uh, inspired by 17th century Italian book binding. So it showcases a floral rosette motif, uh, and is kind of in a well, I don't know, bluish and gold color. Very very pretty. Mm, it looks very nice, actually, looking at the link. Uh, while we're on planners, um, I had a conversation uh, ooh, a couple of days ago with uh, the new distributor of Endless uh, in the UK. So Endless is a an Indian company that makes a very nice sort of A5 uh, Tomoe River-ish type um, daily driver books, you know, almost like bullet journal replacements type things. Mm -hmm. um, and they've recently switched to a new paper called Regalia, which uh, I haven't tried, so I can't comment 100%, but um, I know at the London Pen Show, uh, the distributor took along some Tomoe and some Regalia and got people to test it side by side. And uh, Regalia came out the clear winner. So, I mean, that's that's quite a good sign, I would guess. Um, mm -hmm. Endless are doing a planner. Um, and as we discussed, I think, last week, I, we don't really do planners at, at Nero's because they're such a sort of scary proposition commercially. Um, but we've managed to come to a, an arrangement. So we will soon have, uh, well, by the time this, this podcast goes out, we will have, I would hope, uh, planners in stock. So they're dated uh, yearly planners. I don't have a link for them yet because we haven't got them. So the link that I've put in show notes is to the Endless brand on Nero's Notes, where you'll find all of the Endless uh, products. But there will be a planner there in two colours. Um, we were laughing with the distributor because the names of these colours are perhaps the most unstationary thing that I've read in a long time. You can get them in black or beige. <laughs> the marketing team was really on point that day. Which, you know, I, just, I think it's quite refreshing in comparison to Sandblast or Midnight. No, they're black or beige. What do you want? <laughs> Fabulous. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite excited by that um, because, you know, I think a lot of companies would do a lot better in terms of selling planners if they were a little bit more commercial about offering. Retailers can't afford to take big stocks. So the only way you can really um, make profit with planners is either have a sale or return set up or you buy less than you know you will sell, uh, leaving some customers disappointed. So, um, yeah, big up to Endless for sorting that out for us. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some planners, which will be very exciting. All right. What kind of format? A5? Yeah, it's about A5 size. Um, it's page per day. So um, there'll be big old books. Um, and, yeah regalia paper which i'm told shows sheen beautifully not as light as to my uh better dry type so hmm interesting stew here terrible tempting me i just got one <laughs> indeed you don't need one it's all right justin we'll, we'll, we'll for next year maybe what what we've talked about before stew on this podcast 
need and want. I'm not sure we are good at that differentiation, you know? Well, I, I happen to know that you run a very nice stationary blog occasionally, and perhaps this this would prompt you to write a lovely piece for it. Um, and therefore, it's, it's well, it's research for the blog. Um, you you kind of have to buy it. Oh, boy, you know how many times I've used that argument on my wife? <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, the pot and the kettle are not going to talk about who's black. That's uh, that's probably not the way forward. All right. Just in case my wife's listening, let's move on, Stu. Okie dokie. Tool of the week. What do you got this week? Uh, tool of the week for me is a digital one. <gasps> uh, it's called Zotero, or Zotero, I don't know, Zotero, um, which TJ... Uh, put me onto TJ Cosgrove, uh, he of the 1857 podcast. Um, it's uh, it's a referencing tool, or as they would call it, your personal research assistant. So um, as we've mentioned before, I'm doing an MBA. And one of the things that I have to do is referencing and citing. And of course, I have to do it in a very specific format. Uh, I have to do it in Harvard and not Harvard flavor A or Harvard flavor B, but Harvard flavor F. Um, and it's the devil's own work to find the right plugins for things like Microsoft Word. They also maybe do it in Microsoft Word, which I may never forgive them for. Um, but Zotero is a standalone thing. So, um, you have this little interface, Uh, it's quite an old fashioned looking interface, but it's perfectly acceptable. And, um, if I have the ISBN code, I can tap it in. And it will search its database, come up with the book, the title, the publisher, the year, you know, all of the stuff that you need for referencing. And it holds that in a little mini library. And I can then, using Microsoft Word, using a plugin in Microsoft Word, I can then add citation, type in the first couple of letters, little thing comes up, oh, that's the book I want, bang, it puts it in, it builds the bibliography, fantastic. So uh, it's taken all of the pain and nastiness away. It handles web references. It handles journals, papers. You can, there's a sort of manual override if you need it. It's fabulous. Brilliant. Really, really good. If if you're writing papers academically, then I think Zotero is a very good investment. I think you pay, I can't remember how much, but there's a fee if you want to sort of sync across devices and have backup. But otherwise it's free. Wow. I'm just looking at this and I'm looking for a little X icon on the top right there, Stu. <laughs> it's got, it's got that windowy Microsoft Outlook feel to it. It's, uh, <laughs> it does have that. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if go to the show notes, take a look at this. And if you're a Mac user, you'll cringe. If you're a windows user, you'll kind of laugh at me and go, what's his problem? indeed as i said it's old-fashioned looking and perhaps not the prettiest but um if it saves me manually generating reference lists and uh citations like it's beautiful it's wonderful Mm -hmm. what about you what's your tool of the week this week i'm still looking at this and thinking you know i just found something that makes obsidian look pretty (laughs) well there you go all right well i started off when i was writing show notes yesterday i have two uh, tools this week that I wanted to talk about. Uh, first one was Apple Notes. Simple and effective. I'm sort of looking at where I'm storing things. There are certain things that I want in reference. They're not actionable. I just want a little reference point where I can put them. 
And some of this was cluttering up my drafts. I like to keep my drafts clean. I've got an archive system, but it's more clicks than it should be to get there and more searching than I I need. Uh, Obsidian, well, Obsidian is Obsidian. I want to keep a lot, a lot of that personal and let's face it, it's crap on the phone. Um, so if I'm out and about and I want to look something up, Obsidian is not the one for me. And I tried Notion, which I've used before, and for some reason they updated. And before I could even see any of my notes, I had to log in, which of course is open the password manager and, type, you know, it was just a pain. And I looked at that and I went, okay, well, I don't want an app that is safeguarding my notes from me. Um, and craft, I kind of, did I want to go there? So I took another look, uh, largely Mac power users did a, an episode on Apple notes and reminders the other week. Hmm. And I took another look at Apple notes. I created some nested folders, boy, oh boy, it's simple. It works very simply for just a, a group of lists and a group of reference files, just the way my brain wants it to work. And I, I found it was fantastic. I have a couple of series of books that I read and I'm always looking for uh, used books to fill in the gaps of, of old books that I've missed. And I got to use that a used bookstore on the weekend and find one of the books I was looking for. So this, this simple place, Apple Notes, you know, we kind of, uh, I haven't looked at it in years, to be honest. It just works so well for me. Uh, do you use Apple Notes much too? Uh, I have a little bit of use for it. So um, TJ and I use it for show notes uh, in 1857. Um, apart from that, um, I, I did used to use the scanning function. Um, so you can scan a document using notes, which is pretty cool. Um, it's a, you know, you just hold your phone over a, an A4 document that you want to, to make a scan of and, and it scans it for you and makes it into a note, a PDF. It's brilliant. Um, but no, I mean, I sort of got uh, quite attached to Obsidian. I'm using Obsidian more. I agree with you about the iOS app. I don't use it on iOS. Um, if I'm looking to make a quick note out and about, then I'm experimenting at the moment with uh, something called Tot. Mm, haven't heard of uh, that one yet. Which is, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's small. Um, I think it's sort of seven notes you've got. So if, if you only want seven notes, <laughs> um, albeit, you know, they can be quite extensive lists, um, then that's your thing, but that's really just a capture tool is how I use it anyway. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've never removed notes from my, from my phone. I just don't really have a use case for it at the moment. Hmm. It's, I, if you haven't looked at it, it might be worth uh, look, if you're looking for something simple and you have reference lists that you want. Anyway, uh, the other thing I did this week, I, I'm getting so tired of the podcast that we listen to talking about social media. <laughs> I, I just got rid of all of the social apps from my phone. I had uh, Twitter and Instagram on there. Instagram largely because uh, I like to post pictures Mm -hmm. for people to see, my family to see. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I just don't like having that up there. You know, I, I can make a coffee and then guess where you are? You're, you're bored. You're waiting for the pot to, to finish dripping. You take out your phone and all of a sudden you've lost 10 minutes 
are mindless things. So I deleted all of the social apps from my phone. So I'm using the official Twitter client on my Mac mm -hmm. and I'm using a product called Grids uh, for Instagram on my Mac. Now, maybe it's just me. When I sit at my Mac, I've got, I've got work to do. I've got things to do. I don't have time to kill you know, playing games and mm -hmm. searching uh, Twitter. And I go in, I could check things, I could see what I want to see, and then I'm out of there. Um, Grids is great because it's not showing me all the pop-up videos that uh, Instagram has now become quite famous for. It shows mm -hmm. me a timeline of people that I follow. I mean, what a concept, right? No ads. I'll never take just off. Never take off. Never, never, until they kill it. But uh, for now, anyway, my big, fancy, expensive iPhone uh, is now an iPod that makes phone calls. So <laughs> so you could go on eBay, buy yourself an old iPod and an old Nokia phone. Boom, you'd be laughing. <laughs> I was thinking that the only thing it doesn't do is my emergency satellite calling, Ah, which I hope I never need, but boy, <laughs> it's, it's nice to know you've got that in your back pocket when you're considering driving across mountains in the winter. Ugh. Um, and on that note, um, just on social media, why the heck does Signal, which we use to communicate, Stu, myself, TJ, um, it's a communications app. It, of course, made me reboot this morning because it's a weekly thing. It's a, <laughs> it's a ritual that I have. On a Thursday morning, I start it up. Uh, I wait for it to say, there's an update. You have to reboot. It now has stories. Why in the world does a communications app between two people, that is encrypted, by the way, which is the reason we use it, have to be TikTok? Why does the world have to be TikTok? <laughs> I don't know, Stu. Uh, please don't send me any stories. Oh, uh, but I've got so many lined up. I've been filming some dances. I mean, all sorts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also, uh, just while talking about this, I didn't want to make a separate part of it. A friend of the show, Bob, uh, sent me a note that the waiting list to post.news is open for everybody. Well, everybody in the US at this point, but uh, Silicon Valley doesn't realize there are the rest of the world or, you know, we're second class citizens. Uh, but he did point out he's on there and it's a very good alternative to Twitter. I think uh, Stu and I talked about this last week. I'm still kind of with the idea that less social media is better for my brain than finding an alternative. But uh, if anybody is looking for one, uh, post, and you're particularly if you're in the US, uh, everybody is allowed in to post.news at the moment is my understanding. Mm. And then as I was writing the show notes yesterday, I came up with a third thing that had an issue with my productivity. Coco, my little lassa, so 15 pounds, doesn't sound like a lot of a big dog. You know, she's, she's a little dog, uh, but she was been a pain. She was in my office. She wanted to come up. Uh, she wanted to go to sleep on my lap and she put her, she sat on my lap with her head on my desk, on my mouse pad, covering my keyboard. So I'm talking like I'm, uh, that, uh, thing from the, from the Adams family, you know, with, the, with my hand, like straight up and down, trying to reach over a sleeping dog to type. It was the most uncomfortable and slow process that I've ever had. So I have a little bit of advice. 
do not get a princess dog. I don't know how Stu does it. Three dogs. You can't get any work done, my friend. Uh, yeah, but okay. My princess dog, she's very attached to a mat in my office, but it's the standing mat, which acts as a sort of under the desk mat when the desk is in the sitting position. Uh, so <laughs> I just have to try not to kick her. That's the big, the big issue with her. The, uh, the foster dog is, well, I mean, I tell you, it's the Viking. So, um, <laughs> she, she sleeps like a, uh, I don't know, a drunk American football player. <laughs> She's sort of completely arms and legs everywhere. She covers an entire sofa. <laughs> um, and Charlie is just a hooligan. So, um, he, he, again, he and, he and Chicago are often on the couch together because Chicago is very enamored with Charlie. She'll follow Charlie to the ends of the earth. Um, but yeah, oh, the desk. No, I don't think there's anything on my desk that would interest them. <laughs> my, my dog, the princess dog has a bed in my office right beside my desk here. Uh, she's got all her pile of toys there. Um, she has, well, I have a meditation mat that I use, which she has also taken over. And then when she feels that she's not getting enough attention, she does sit on my lap when I'm trying to work. <laughs> this is a common three part, three point, uh, contact with her. She's always somewhere. Um, and you know, if she just walks out the door, she's got another bed. Um, so she's a very spoiled princess, but maybe that's. Maybe that's more telling of me than it is a dog. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, God. Stu, let's move on to something good. What have you got? What are you writing with this week? Uh, well, pen-wise, I've, um, I, I, yeah, I wanted to make another shout-out for the M600, my, my Pelican. It's vibrant orange. It's a lovely, lovely pen. Um, but just the nib on the M600 is it's beautiful. It's a... Uh, it's the sweet spot for a lot of people in terms of, of Pelican pens. Um, and I just, you know, looking for a link, I found a really good deal on one at Pen Chalet, um, which is a sort of green and white one. Um, kind of half price. So, you know, 300 and something dollars. Um, so if you are in the market for a Pelican, go and have a look at that one. Um, but I've just uh, cleaned that this afternoon and I've replaced it with I'm just going to reach for it now. Uh, this is this is the biggest fountain pen I own. It's a Montblanc Meisterstück, which is not in itself terribly remarkable, but it's one of the limited editions. So um, uh, the previous Mrs. Lennon, not the current Mrs. Lennon, the previous Mrs. Lennon, uh, very kindly uh, at a charity auction, uh, bid for this pen and its brother, the Rollerball, and its brother, the uh, Mechanical Pencil, in a very nice set. Um, and kept bidding, uh, with my money, I hasten to add, uh, so that she could, uh, give me a gift, uh, with my money, I hasten to add. So, uh, these are very, very expensive pens, um, but it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. It's got the signature of Charles Dickens on it. Um, obviously he wasn't around to sign it. They've lifted it off the document. Um, but the auction was run by, uh, a lady called Catherine Dickens, who was the great, great, great granddaughter of uh, Charles Dickens and someone that I, I used to hang out with in Budapest. Hmm, places. Weird. Um, How small the world. But it's, it's a gorgeous pen. Yeah. It's got a massive, heavy sort of silver, sterling silver cap. Um, but I filled it with a diamine. Uh, one of the music inks again, this is Schubert, which is a sort of emerald green that does quite a lot of shading. 
which it's lovely. Oh, and obviously, it being me, it's a double broad nib. So a double broad nib in a pen this size. Uh, I'm literally going through liters of ink. It's fabulous. <laughs> You've got all your pages open on your desk because you can't actually close any of them for a week. <laughs> yeah, it's just about three words a page anyway, Justin. It's, you know, it's fine. Lovely. And with that, uh, when I'm feeling a bit more practical, I'm still using the Sailor Pro gear, um, which has got a medium nib and is using uh, ooh, the blue black from Diamine. So that's sort of very grown up and sensible. And um, my little Kaweco is still uh, banging away in my in my pocket notebook, which I'm still using. Good on me. What about you? What are you using this week? Well, I, I hate to say it, but I'm not sparkling anymore, Stu. No. They're all empty, cleaned, and put away. But I tell you, for a while, my desk was so bright with all those pens. I'm, I'm back to, well, very boring, actually. Uh, Lamy 2000. I inked one of those up. I killed off my Leonardo Galaxy Prime that had my blue in it. I didn't have a blue inked up. So there we go. Lamy 2000 with the Mont Blanc Royal Blue. I've added that to the Schaefer Ferrari with an orange and the Osprey with the deep purple. So that's, those are my pens in rotation at the moment. Oh, and I got a little Pelican somewhere in a green. So I've got sort of all my inks covered. Um, and, and today, as we record this, it is the 1st of December. And you know what that means for me, Stu? Inkvent. It, it means Inkvent calendar day one. I, I was up at the crack of too early this morning. Um, getting my my pens out and and breaking apart the ink and getting my cloth and samples and oh it's lovely uh so i have a oh, i have no idea how to say this it's a japanese brand suari suari ri suari i don't know how to, Stu, give me a shot of that oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna I hope to see if i can find it written down somewhere well, uh, let's have a look and see what this says. Ah, well, uh, sourire. Uh, it's French for to smile. Sourire. All right. From a Japanese company. There you go. We'll go with the French <laughs> version. Uh, it is a black persimmon wood-bodied glass nib pen, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's, uh, it's, it's a good size, so it um, just fits right on your, on your hand the way a normal pen does with the wood. It's got a little bit of weight to it. Uh, before I've got one of those glass, uh, Géobon, mm. uh, the really long ones that yeah. feel so I'll light because they're all glass. Uh, I think, I think every stationary nerd, uh, has one of those kicking around somewhere. This one I bought a year or two ago and I absolutely love it. It is beautiful. It holds just enough ink. Uh, I, I was actually writing some silly notes to myself. I wonder how long this will last. Oh, look, it's a pretty ink. And I did sort of, you know, a page of really nice writing on one fairly conservative little dip this morning. So uh, testing it out, it's, I mean, it's got texture like a, a pencil when you're writing because, well, it's a glass nib. It's not super smooth, uh, but it is lovely for this kind of thing. Uh, this morning I had a lovely aqua color it was just a standard ink and each morning for the rest of uh, december well till christmas day i will get to break out one of these inks and try it and write with it and ah, it's, it's it's like christmas all over 25 days of christmas stew <laughs> lovely 
All right. We're going to talk. It's it's December 1st, Stu. I mentioned, mentioned that. Advent calendar day. Mm. New Year's coming up real quick, isn't it? It certainly is. You scared the life out of me when you sent me the show now. Yeah. New Year, new goals. What are we going to do for next year? Uh, do you have any thoughts on 2023 yet? Have you even have you even given this any thought yet, Stu? Um, well, until I got your show note, no, not really. Um, I, um, as I think we've mentioned before, I I was a member of um, the Focus Course um, run by the uh, inimitable Sean Block at Block Media. Uh, it's a very good course. And I was part of a, a program called the Accelerator. So I sort of hung around for ages and ages. And just recently, I stopped that because I just, you know, other commitments and things. Um, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about focus and that sort of values piece where, you know, am I doing what's important to me, I suppose, is the question that, you, that I'm trying to answer there. Um, but I'd, I'd kind of sort of gone, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for a little while. And as I look back now, I've gone, okay, so I sort of left that in November. You know, the whole output from this program is a year plan and you've left in November. Mm. Curious, <laughs> curious timing. Um, so I've been sort of revisiting my 2022 plans and templates and and sort of beginning the process because it, it is a process. I mean, that's something I would say is very important is thinking about, um, you know, kind of, it's kind of think about who you want to be. Who do you want to be? How do you want to get there? It's it, rather than setting lofty objectives, which I think we've all done, you know, goal setting. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. Next year, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to knock five minutes off my uh, 10 kilometer run time. Not that I would know. Um, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to be nicer to my wife and I'm going to uh, get a pay rise of 45%. Right. Fantastic. Great. Let's go off and get drunk. Um, that's great. It just doesn't work. Uh, I think you need to go through uh, more of a process there, a bit more soul searching, uh, a little bit more sort of realistic thinking about um, where your life is and where you would like your life to be um, and, and come out with some real pragmatic, practical things that you can do to, to start moving towards where you want to be. Um, and that process is very important. You need to put time aside for it. So I'm planning on doing uh, a bit of mine tomorrow. Um, Fridays are a good day to do that for me. Um, and just start working through uh, what I was doing last year and how I feel I've I've gone against that uh, and what I think will be where I'd like to go this year because um, you know I think it's safe to say that I am I didn't lose fifty pounds uh, there are still no supermodels in my life uh, I haven't driven a Ferrari you know there's there's all sorts of things that haven't happened so I'm gonna begin the process now this is kind of it I guess this conversation is it's starting it off. What about you? What's your sort of approach to all this? Boy, well, first thing I did was I did sign up for the Plan Your Year 2023. Both Stu and I did this last year. Uh, I, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I had a, well, let's call it a crap year. Um, late November, early December last year, I was still fairly optimistic. Um and then, well, 
all of the challenges with uh, the recent move, uh, my wife's cancer, the process there, we went from here, we're planning things to, we're just trying to stay on top of day-to-day -day stuff. There were some other personal challenges that I haven't talked about. This year fell apart in terms of what I did last year in, in, in planning. Um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I quickly realized that just to keep my head above water, I kind of had to throw out a lot of the goals that I had come across last year. And so this year is a bit of a deep reset for me said it's really the the why and what of what one wants to do and, and so rather than just me navel gazing for a little while which i am prone to do um and i'm rereading um uh throws uh, walden again which is probably never a good thing to do when you're actually sort of having one of these things because selling up and moving out to the country and living in a in a shack that you build has a certain attraction to it uh, but I'm trying to find some some cl clarity for myself um, because I do realize that everything that I've done in the past with a reality check of a year like I've had has perhaps changed. Uh, and I realized that last week. Uh, somebody came to me and offered me a board position. Mm -hmm. It was a minimal touch position, you know, some monthly, monthly Zoom calls, two in-person meetings a year, which doesn't sound like much. Uh, but I kind of looked at it and went, you know what? I don't really want to bother with it. I don't want to add that to my mental load. I don't want to have sort of that commitment over over my shoulder all the time thinking about it uh, because, well, let's face it, I could certainly use some extra dollars at the moment uh, with being the only income in the house. And, mm -hmm. you know, a, another board position would be very nice in terms of uh, helping out. But the reality was if I balance that with the, the stress of dealing with, you know, these position, these, these meetings, and it was just, no, I'm, I'm okay coming down to not doing, not chasing that, that dollar, that position, like I perhaps would have uh, a few years ago. And I'm learning something about myself. Um, so, you know, perhaps it's a midlife crisis too. Uh, I'm not sure. I already got the, the tattoos, the motorbikes. I've had the sports cars. I hate traveling, especially post COVID. We went out to uh, an event uh, light up in our town the other day. Mm -hmm. I, I felt so uncomfortable with big crowds. It's like, oh, two years of uh, lockdown has uh, oof, changed my view on that. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just at this point far too old and tired and scared of my wife to have an affair. So I'm just not sure what I'm going to do for a midlife crisis. I still... I, I'm too broke to retire. I know you kind of moved out to a Mediterranean island. How, how was your midlife crisis? Uh, do you have any lessons for me on on how to deal with this? Uh, well, I mean, it depends. Which which midlife crisis are you asking about? Um, I've had a few. Um, and what can I say? Um, I, look, I think life has a tendency of of doing this to us um, in in terms of that balance that that you talked about um is um is something that 
it's it's difficult to to understand. What am I trying to say? Younger us kind of thought we had it sorted. We thought we knew uh, what we wanted to do and what we wanted to be. And certainly for me, uh, it was very much driven by what I was. So I I was working in a business. Okay, I I was one of the owners of that business, um, and. I was an expert in my field and, you know, it was to succeed was to make that business bigger, to make it grow. And with that, I was able to pay myself more and eventually I was able to sell it. Um, and so then after that, uh, I, I got the sports cars, um, tattoos. No, I didn't get any tattoos, but I've already got tattoos. Uh, motorbikes. No, I, I fell off one when I was young. I learned that lesson. Um, so uh, oh, and yeah, I mean, in terms of having an affair and stuff, I mean, good Lord, the admin involved in how, no, I really couldn't be bothered. And I'm married to the scariest person I know. So um, <laughs> no, there's absolutely no danger of that ever happening. Um, I am considering some more tattoos at the moment. So perhaps that might be uh, my next midlife crisis. Um, I really struggled with understanding what retirement should mean. So once I retired, I, I'm going to write a book, uh, which I found involved an awful lot of writing, which, which wasn't as much fun as, as perhaps I'd envisaged. Uh, there was a lot less sort of rowing my hands through my hair looking exotic. Um, it was quite a lot of sitting at a keyboard and, and typing, which is really not as much fun as people make it out to be. Um, and I, I then bought a notebook company, um, which again, you know, uh, rather than the money just coming in and people going, oh, it's brilliant, uh, I kind of had to, A, keep putting money into it, and B, keep working. And then I suppose more recently I've discovered that I don't want to do nothing. I want to be doing things. Um, and what those things are is important because I'm in a very fortunate position in that I can choose what I, what I do. Um, the money thing, have I got enough money to last me forever? Well, I guess so. I don't know. Um, most of, most of my wealth, if I have that is, uh, is assets. So, you know, I have to do things like sell houses and things, which, you know, that's, that's quite a big step. Uh, and I, I suppose like many people, I've got that sort of work ethic fear thing <laughs> where it's like, well, no, 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 don't, don't spend capital. Good Lord. No, no, no. Um, I, I don't have anybody to leave my, uh, <laughs> whatever's left. There is no legacy issue for me. So ideally, I should really die with a big overdraft uh, and, and no wine in the, in the wine cellar. That would be the, the perfect moment to pop off and just laugh at the bank. <laughs> but as, as none of us know when we're going to pass away, um, <laughs> you don't want to go out spending like a, a sailor on shore leave, uh, and find yourself at 60 going, Oh, I've got no money left. So, uh, I think it is challenging. It is difficult. As you say, there's, there are always opportunities. There are many, many things that people can do. And I think this applies to anyone. You know, you can start a podcast, you can, uh, start a blog, you can, uh, take a second job. You can work really hard in an initial job. You can make a career change. You can go back to school. You can do all of these things. We can all do all of these things within reason. The 
opportunities, the tasks, the things to do are infinite. Um, but the time isn't. And what I, I think I have learned is that perhaps to do things that will bring a smile to my face will, will help align with my purpose. What I think I'm around for, um, involves some really hard decisions about the things that I am doing. Uh, and that's, that's, I think for me, the real struggle is, yeah, okay. So I love to play golf. All right. So if you want to play golf and write a lot, those two things are not exclusive, but they are in conflict because every time I'm going to a golf course for six hours, I could be writing. And every time I'm writing, I could be golfing. So I'm making decisions. I'm making choices. And I think getting glum, as I call it, I'm very, very fortunate, he said, touching wood, and I've never had to deal with uh, depression. But I have gone through periods where I feel a bit down in the mouth. I think everybody does. A bit glum, demotivated. Um, I think that happens when the way that I'm spending my time doesn't align with the things that I want to achieve. Mm. I, th I think that that it's that sort of dissonance that's going on uh, inside me that is making me feel glum or down, whatever, whatever your favorite word is for that stuff. Um, and it's not easy. So there you go. There's a really long way of saying, no, got no answers for you. <laughs> I, I do have an answer for your challenges with scheduling. Mm. You moved to Canada. You come, you come live by me because you can only golf for six months out of the year. Sure. And the other six months, well, you're sitting like I am looking out at the snow and thinking I got to go and shovel that later. And then it's a perfect time to be inside writing. Absolutely. But uh, like you, I would probably get into model cars or like me, you'd probably go out and buy Lego. Mm. You know, all, all of those things, they're all choices that, you know, we keep making at different times during the year and um that that to me is is the big challenge is working out where you want to spend your time and being honest with yourself mm -hmm. do you find that as we get older this thought process is deeper and at the same time harder mm -hmm. than when we were younger and we were chasing the carrots Absolutely. I mean, 100%. I mean, I became mortal at the age of about 46. Um, I had a hint of mortality when my father died. Um, and I think up until that time, it had never occurred to me that, that people died. And, you know, he did. And he wasn't around anymore. And that was horrible. But in uh, the way that, that we all are, I think, up to a certain time, I went, okay, well, that's that. It never occurred to me that that was going to happen to me. It never occurred to me that actually, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you, but at, at my age, I mean, if people are <laughs> new listeners, uh, I am 52 and um, all around me now, people are dying. I don't think it's anything to do with me, but I know a lot of people who are in their 70s and 80s. Um, uh, I have relatives of that age and everybody has got an illness, is being tested for an illness, is worried about an illness, has recovered from an illness or is dying from an illness. Because, well, 
you know, none of us are getting out of life alive. And that suddenly, I, it's like a, it's not suddenly at all, is it? It's, it's like a drip effect. You go, wow, another person has got cancer or another person is suffering from this. The people that we idolized, the people we were talking before we started recording, um, Christine McVie of, of Fleetwood Mac passed away today. And we were laughing because uh, in our mind, she's always going to be in her 20s and 30s the way that we remember her when we're listening to her music growing up. Exactly. And I mean, that's, you know, that is the way of it now. I mean, Bruce Springsteen is about to go out on tour. I mean, he's about 130 and, and mostly made by by computer animation, I think. But, you know, he's, he's reaching that age where he's going to go. Um, a famous rugby player uh, died far too young, same age as me. Um, died of uh, motor neurone disease the, the other day. Um, my name is Doddy. Go and Google that, everyone. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think makes you think, okay, well, why am I here? You know, what is going to happen when I pass away or die or cross to the other side or whatever, you know, wording people want to use? And so I think, yeah, you do definitely. I Well, certainly I do. Um, and most of the people my peer group, when I speak to them about this, they'll go, yeah, it's, it's kind of heavy, isn't it? Mm. Boy, something sucks about getting old. Um, <laughs> can we go back to uh, adv life advice? Don't get old. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's it. Um, just, just, you know, keep on being young until, well, like going bankrupt. It all happens very slowly and then all of a sudden. Um, that's the perfect way to do it, I guess. Mm. It's interesting that we kind of have similar thoughts about this. I wonder what our what our listeners are, where stage in their life. I'm assuming a lot of them kind of think somewhat similarly to us. I wonder if everybody else is having that. Um, I I read something from Robert Greene, uh, mm. the Laws guy. He's got uh, several books out there. The Laws of well, he's got the Laws of Doing Everything. But uh, yep. Yesterday morning, uh, I read a daily sort of snippet from him in, in a book, and I thought it kind of tied in pretty well with what we're talking about today. And the, the quote is, in a world where so many people are meandering, those with a sense of purpose spring past the rest with ease and attract attention for this. Find yours and elevate it by making the connection as deep as possible. Now, for me in my 30s, 20s, that was that was easy. You know, there was a carrot at the end of that stick and I could I could get that purpose. It's much harder nowadays. Um, and I, I'm having a much bigger challenge, particularly this year, you know, after everything that happened. I wanted to ask Stu, because I know, Stu, you went with themes last year rather than you know specific goals you kind of had uh themes and seasons i believe if if the way that uh, i remember it is how did that work out? we're going to go a little deeper in that next episode but did that work for you would is that something you'd recommend because i'm sort of thinking about leaning towards a theme for the next year for me yeah i mean it just this is this is wonderful program hang on i'll go and grab it from my ball sorry I had, uh, at the end of this, I had an index card for my year um, and then four index cards for the quarters. So for the year, my theme, uh, if you like, my sort of mission statement, if you like, was um, slightly corny, 
I'm not making any excuses. Uh, Live, laugh, love. Live well, laugh often, and love much. So that's what I wanted the year to be about. And then I had quarterly themes, which quarter one was plan and learn. Quarter two was connect. Quarter three was recharge. And quarter four was produce. So that's how I sort of themed things to give myself um, a sort of overarching principles to guide what I was doing. And how has that gone? Reasonably well. I I don't think, well, I don't remember sort of referring to my cards, going, oh, what date is it? What should I be doing now? But the, the process of coming to that sort of plan, to that outline and the writing of it, sat in my subconscious and so i kind of found it automatic that i moved through the gears of plan and learn and connect and reach out and got to the place where as we were approaching q4 i started looking at outputs things that i wanted to get into the world things that i wanted to be doing regularly um and then sort of looked at my cards went oh yeah that would be produced wouldn't it (laughs) good lord who knew um so I think it does work, but it's, you know, it's the famous Eisenhower quote, you know, planning, uh, plans are useless, but planning is essential. Mm. Interesting. I'm, I'm glad it works. And I think uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit of detail when we sort of look back at our, our year, but I'm, I'm leaning towards a theme of balance for the upcoming year. Um, I still have to work. Unlike Stu, I can't afford to move to a nice, warm Mediterranean island. I have to live in this, well... Beautiful place in the summer, cold hellhole in the winter. Um, But I'm trying to find that balance between what I do and how much I make and what I want to do, what experiences do I want to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've thought about this, you know, this this opportunity coming up this week. Made me think, do I really want to go back to serious corporate politics and serious corporate hours and working in an office Oof, no thanks. I'm, I'm, I I hate to say winding down, but, uh, you know, I, I want to have balance in my life and that's all kinds of things, you know, that is uh, enjoying the time I have with my family because after last year, you just don't know what's going to happen with that. Right. You, you, you never know when tomorrow will be the last day. So those experiences are really going to be a, th- a theme for me. And I'm not sure if I'll go for themes or if I'm going to go for goals, but I think my thought on this, this whole process that I've got, the reason that I signed up for the focus course, planning my year, is that whatever I do for next year, it needs to have a direction. And whether that's a goal, whether it's a theme, um, I, I need to work on that. And as Stu said, it's going to be a process. And I think that process is getting a little harder the older I get and the more experiences I have, not all of them just positive ones, make me think that there are things that that I need to consider a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think we're in very similar spots in that um, the, your values do change. They evolve. Um, your priorities do change. You know, it's... Um, the thing that's most important to you, I guess, ultimately is around health and it's about loved ones. 
And it maybe doesn't feel that way when you're younger, uh, because I think we we take it all for granted that you know we are healthy. And I, mean, I think for most of us, at least, we put our bodies through a fair amount of abuse, whether that be just late nights and too much coffee or too much booze or too much cigarettes or too much of the other things that you can do that are terribly bad for you. Um, and, you know, your body's got amazing recovery powers and you go into work with a bit of a hangover, but you just get through it. Um, as you get a little bit older, those things get harder to to recover from and uh, health concerns become more real and you, you know, you begin to lose people. Uh, and <laughs> there's no doubt about it. It focuses the mind. Uh, and you know, from my point of view, uh, the thing that I, I really took hold of was that the concept of, I watched my father make this plan that he was going to work, 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 work to, to, uh, uh, this, this house that I'm sitting in was built during the last few years of his working life. Um, and you know, all of the sort of the pleasure and the enjoyment was being deferred to that that retirement time. And four and a half years after he retired, he died. Mm. And it was like, ah. So my father died at 59 and a half. He wasn't quite 60. So the, the danger with, you know, with deferring things or the, the sort of life that we're all driven to lead, which is, you know, make lots of money, make money, make all the things, make all the things so that you can have a wonderful retirement. Well, that retirement is not guaranteed, huh? It's <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a risky strategy, <laughs> and that's what sort of informed my my decisions and makes me think: okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to enjoy right now? Or, again, without spending money like a, a a sailor on shore leave, because who knows? I might live to ninety. I doubt it, but I might. So, you've got to try and cover both bases. Mm. Interesting. All right, Stu, you got any takeaways from our thoughts on, on goals and new year and new goals this, this time? Uh, it's an old favorite. It's one I've alluded to already. Um, goals and aspirations are infinite. Time is not. Mm, very deep. Uh, mine, very simple. Start with why. Mm. I know it's a Simon Sinek book, but uh, it's also a good reason to to start with the why you're doing what you're doing and then everything will dovetail into that nicely. For sure. At least that's what I'm hoping by the time we go through this process. <laughs> All right, Stu, you've got a new link in here. Uh, where can ah. people find you on the internet? <laughs> Apparently somewhere new. So everything oh, we said previously about, uh, you know, not going anywhere else for, for Twitter replacements, Stu has just shut it right in the foot. <laughs> well, um, I like to have my bases covered. Um, and so having listened to, to ATP today, um, uh, sorry, Accidental Tech Podcast, um, I thought, okay, I will go and have a look at Mastodon um, and set up a profile there just so that, um, you know, should, should the whole world go to even further to Helena Hancart, then you know, I've got options. I've got options. Uh, so you can find me at twitter.com, Stu Lennon, still. Uh, but you can also find me at uh, Stuart at TweetRex. That's T-W-E-E-T-R-E-X dot co dot UK. So that's my handle and my instance uh, at Masterton. 
So that server is tweetrex.co.uk and my username is Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Um, and I'm I'm experimenting. I'm just thinking, shouldn't that be Toot Rex? <laughs> no, it's... Because aren't they called Toots over there? Well, apparently, according to Syracuse, who I'm sure you would agree is the authority on all things tech, um, he, he said it was, and now it kind of isn't. But then I saw Mastodon still referring to them as well. So uh, I don't know. This is quite an old instance um, that was set up quite a, a long time ago. And uh, I sort of arrived there by a process of, well, you'll see. If you try and join Mastodon, you'll find out that it is quite random. Um, but yeah, that's only today I've started. So I've just sort of had a little look. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Otherwise, find me on Twitter at Stu Lennon. Or you can uh, grab me at stuartlannon.com or nearasnotes.co.uk. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? I'm getting confused here, Stu, trying to follow you. I just, I clicked on that link you've got to your rolls off the tongue, Stuart at tweetrex.co.uk. Boy, that's like a Twitter handle that you came too late for Twitter to. Uh, you, <laughs> you can still find me on well, sort of lurking at Twitter and Instagram, but I'm really not there anymore. I'm limiting the time and it's been extremely successful. Uh, you can find most of me at justintwyford.com. That tells you a little bit about who I am, what I'm doing, and links to everything else. Uh, more importantly for us here, you can go to stationaryadjacent.com. Please email us stationaryadjacent at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, comments. You want to share your midlife crises with us because let's face it, we're all getting old. Some of us older than others. But anyway, um, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. Our next topic is going to be a recap of how we did this year against our plans, which we've kind of touched on a little bit. But I think uh, I want to go on a little bit deeper to, uh, especially in my case, let people know what happens when your plans fall off the rails. Until then, goodbye. And stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>